And today, as part of our series on the pandemic, we're talking about loss and grief. And so I think one of the things I want to say just straight out of the gate is that loss and grief can be the loss of a life, um, but it can also be the loss of other things. We grieve over losses that could be the loss of a job, could be the loss, especially in the context of the pandemic, it could be the loss of normalcy, could be the loss of um, certainty. A yeah, a family vacation. I'm thinking I've oh, spoken yeah. to so many people that had, you know, big travel plans. Maybe that was your dream vacation and now you can't go. Right. And so we feel loss when we've cared about something, when there's um, perhaps expectations there, but um, when there's a connection. Investment. Investment. Yep. Hey, an investment can be money, time, love anything like that. And so when we feel loss or grief, it's, it's the absence, I think. It's the perhaps a void of what used to be there. Um, and so we often hear about the five stages of grief. And um, so for those who, who might not be as familiar with them, that's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And I think what's important is those can look different. Um, they're not exactly how we might, the first thing that comes to our mind when we think of, say, anger. Um, so other ways that denial might look is avoidance, um, confusion, shock, fear. Um, and even I found interesting too is elation, overjoyed, that's kind of seems perhaps misplaced, like you're not actually dealing with what happened, but instead experiencing uh, um, what seemingly out of place emotion there. Um, anger is, is like frustration, irritation, but it can also include anxiety. Anxiety can come up as tandem or as a way of showing anger as well. Bargaining, I mean, that can be things like struggling to find meaning in what happened, making sense of what happened, um, even what ifs. So for instance, if somebody passed away in an accident, um, say you sent your mother-in-law to go pick up the kids from school, and there was an accident. What if I hadn't sent her? What if I had just gone myself? Things of that nature. If you lost a job, what if I had tried harder? What if I hadn't made that mistake in that report? Um, what if I had taken that uh, opportunity when it was presented a couple months ago? Um, I imagine shoulds fall in there somewhere too. I should have. Um, oh, shoulds are tricky little things. <laughs> <laughs> I love the expression, you don't should all over yourself. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's an easy place to go to, a natural place to go to. Um, depression 
um, can look like being overwhelmed, maybe not necessarily low energy, maybe not necessarily um, what we think of as depression is kind of a, a low mood, a sadness, but perhaps feeling overwhelmed, helpless, um, feeling hostility. Would disconnected be in there? Yeah. You know, you're still getting out of bed, you're still going to work, or you're, you're doing what needs to be done, just feeling really disconnected from it all. Yeah, and that makes me um, think of numb. Yeah. Yeah, those, those yeah. Um, and then acceptance. Um, I like this idea. I, I read on a website, and I can't give credit because I don't remember where it was, but it was not necessarily that it is going to be okay or it is okay but that i will be okay that understanding of it's not okay that i lost my job it's not okay that this doesn't feel normal but i will be okay or perhaps at this point i am okay um so that could be a mode of acceptance exploring options um having a plan moving forward and you know the traditional kind of common knowledge of moving on that idea of moving on which brings to mind kind of a piece um a piece of of what has happened i love that yeah i love that shift from the event the happenings don't need to be okay yeah you're going to be okay. I think sometimes we can think acceptance means um, that we can just roll with everything or we, there, there's, it, it seems to have a wash somehow that if you accept something, it's all good, it's all fine. Right. Um, so I can accept poverty, I can accept drug addiction without saying it's okay or it's, right. Like that, that's it for me, I think. Acceptance doesn't have to equal good. Right. But it is happening. It's almost like um, perhaps no longer fighting against it, um, but allowing it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, is what I think of as acceptance. Because even when I have experienced um, anxiety and an anxiety triggering situation, when I've come the closest to acceptance or when I have accepted it, there's an understanding in my mind, this is what happens, this is what the reaction is, I'm going to be okay, I have health and resources, and so I'm not fighting, oh, oh, here it comes again, I have to do something about it, and instead almost going with the flow and not fighting that is a form of acceptance it doesn't mean that I'm I wouldn't experience anxiety again it's almost like I run with it mm -hmm. instead of fighting against it I like that because I'm thinking that a possible definition for acceptance is I can handle this mm. I like that. it might be tragic it might be sad it might even be dangerous or scary and I can handle it feel the power in that that's yeah that's very powerful and I think that 
brings up for me too, that you might have gotten to a place of acceptance. And when we talk about these stages, if they make sense for people, um, is that you might revisit another stage, that it's not linear. It's not step by step. It doesn't mean, oh, okay, I've got to the depression stage. Take that off the list. Next is acceptance. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. And that's where I'm going to land and be and stay. You might have an overall feeling of acceptance and go back to the denial. You could wake up one morning, I still can't believe this happened. Absolutely. And some of the shock. Oh, and I would say too, especially on meaningful dates, um, there's going to be times that Christmases, Mother's Days, Father's Days, birthdays, um, milestones, where it's going to, to bring up some of those feelings again. So I think it would be naive, I guess to use the word, to expect that getting over it would mean not affected by it anymore. Oh, and you know what? I think instead of get over it, what if like you just let it be part of you? Right, I, I do really believe that after an experience or going through that experience, that it will be with you. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be um, perhaps even a rebuilding of, of who you are and you go mm -hmm. forward with this as part of your experience, as part of your being. I'm not saying that that interrupts your inner light or what you offer to the world but it's undeniable there are going to be changes to your makeup to your experience to your perspective to how you view things in the world um perhaps you love even deeper because you see the value in life perhaps your next job um you don't let the criticism get to you because maybe perhaps now you see it's just a job. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think moving forward, you carry it with you in some way and hopefully that way isn't an anchor or a like I'm thinking like heavy baggage holding you back, but that it just influences the lens through which you look through the world. I also hope that if you have lost a relationship that then the message doesn't become, well, I can't ever enter into that again because I don't want the chance of feeling that loss again. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, I, I don't think you would perhaps say that about a job. I think the idea is, well, we need a job. Um, but certainly it can go that way for some people. This hurt was so deep that I don't want to experience that again, so I'm going to avoid. And um, that, yeah, go ahead. Can I jump in here? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I love the metaphor of looking at our life as a movie. Mm. And what can easily happen is we get stuck on a scene. 
Yes. The current scene that's playing feels, seems like the whole movie, and yet it's a scene. Right. And once we've seen the whole movie, every scene has its context. We know we needed all of those scenes, even the suspenseful scenes, even the scary scenes, even the sad scenes, all made up this wonderful movie. But if we just pulled scenes out by themselves, they're not as meaningful. They're not connected to anything. They don't lead anywhere. Right. And our lives are that movie. And yeah, but we're just not at the end. We can't, right. we haven't seen the credits are not rolling yet. And when when there's a when there's loss and grief, that's a highly impactful scene. Mm-hmm. That is that yeah, just highly impactful scene. So it would be easy and natural to get stuck in replaying that scene or in that scene. But as you say, if you can, well, you're conceivably you're at that point. So it's hard to see the future scenes, but allowing them to play out as much as you can. It also makes just reminding yourself that it's a scene. It might even be a long scene. Yeah. But it is still one scene. Right. Things are going to shift. Things. Yeah. yeah. I remember seeing something on an Oprah. And I don't know if it was an Oprah Winfrey show or afterwards when she had her network and it was something, a show on there. But a woman had lost her teenage daughter. And... Um, was either an accident or an illness. I can't quite remember. I want to think it was an accident. But, um, and so the mother was stuck reliving that, reliving the grief of that, reliving the news of that, reliving the moment of that. And it might've even been Dr. Phil who said, by doing that, you're not honoring your child's entire life. You have boiled down this beautiful person to the day she exited the earth. And her legacy, her value was more than that. The movie was longer than that. And and so that makes me think too, that the reason why grief is so impactful is because there was so much value there in the first place. And can we get to hopefully a shift in the process where it becomes a little bit less about grieving the loss of that value and more about honoring that entire value? So if you've lost a job or if you've lost a loved one, I expect 100% that there's going to be the grief and the sadness and the anger over that loss. But hopefully it can shift into more of a appreciation and honoring. Oh my gosh, then that was worth having in my life for that amount of time. How grateful am I that I had that wonderfulness? I would have liked it longer. 
that would have been my preference a hundred percent. But how lucky am I that I got it for that long? That's not a place you land at at the beginning. No. That's and, an evolution. And I wonder too if, I mean, I really like what you said about we grieve something that we invested in. Yeah. And so what would happen to our perspective of grief if there was an expectation you're going to grieve as deeply as you invested? Mm. Um, because yeah. I often think sometimes too, merely accepting it, knowing it's coming, changes how we feel about something. Hmm. Where, and um, like, of course, of course, when you lose something, you're sad. But I think somehow, I'll just say for some people, sometimes there's a surprise to that. Hmm. Like, oh my gosh, I can't get over it. Oh my gosh, like I'm sad, but this really hurts. Like I'm really devastated. Um, oh my gosh, but I didn't even get dressed yesterday. Like yeah. we're surprised. And yet if what we lost was valuable, how would it change our perspective if we knew doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter what the loss is, a person, a job, um, a friendship status even who knows right okay that was super valuable so I can now expect to re to to feel hurt right to really right. feel it I can expect this is going to take me a long time yeah I can expect uh, maybe even not to feel myself for quite a while I can expect to need more from my friends than I'm able to give I can expect, like, if we just had a different expectation yeah. for grief, how would that actually change the grief? And it touches on that expectation um, and permission that we talk about so much. Um, and, and, it, and what you were saying, too, about matching up the magnitude of the grief um, with the investment or the love. Um, I've also heard the expression grief is love with no place to go, something like that. So, you know, your, your love has kind of been left hanging. Um, yeah. And just, if we knew that that process can be messy, can take time, um, but is necessary. Yeah, I wonder how that would change that if we allowed for that. Mm -hmm. and, and I do think too that I don't see how you couldn't come out of it a changed person in some way. So it might be a bit of a false expectation to compare to the pre-life. I'm not feeling like myself. And maybe that's a bit of a shock too that you might not feel like your old quote unquote self. Um, and finding the okayness and the acceptance 
and I'm not saying that you're going to be a person consumed by grief right. or you're going to have a cloud over you or um, perhaps, you know, change, but that could be, that's a scary prospect. This has changed me. Are people going to relate to me differently? Am I going to lose more? Am I going to lose friendships? Am I going to lose relationships? Because this has affected me. Um, and that's not something I can answer specifically, but assuming you have a network already in place of connection and love and friendships and relationships, um, I would hope that there's room in there for that person to be different and, and those relationships to still hold on. But I don't know. Well, and thinking back to the pandemic, to, to loss through that lens, people have lost several things. Right. You know, there's, you may have lost your employment along with losing um, your financial stability, along with losing some of your savings, along with losing just your daily schedule. All of a sudden your children are at home, you're at home. Um, losing. Yeah. Safety, certainty. Absolutely. You're, um, you're just your bearings of how you, all these things that happen in the background that kind of build your sense of confidence and your sense of self so that you can go out into the world yeah. and all of a sudden your bearings are gone. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a giant loss. Yeah. It, it should not be minimized or dismissed, right? I, like, I think that would be easy to do. Oh, normalcy. Everybody's lost normalcy. Yeah, we just have to carry on. Right, right. Allow yourself the acknowledgement of how huge that is. Mm -hmm. And again, for me, I just think of that expectation. Like, okay, I expect... I might not be my best self right? until I get more information, until I figure out what my employment looks like now, until I know how my kids are going to go to school, until I'm, I'm in flux here and I'm working things out and, and yeah, I may have that? bad days. Can we accept that for ourselves and can we accept that for the people we care about instead of perhaps writing them off? Oh, I'm not going to, um, Mary's gotten so weird lately. Mm. She's really out of sorts. I just, I don't, we don't have anything to talk about anymore. Right. Yeah. And I mean, everybody has to decide that for themselves in their own relationship and what they can handle and what's fair. But I think there's also, if you have a relationship, it's worth a check-in. Mm -hmm. is there something more going on um you know you don't even need to know what it is but what's what have you been feeling lately mm -hmm. um and how has that affected you oh man I feel so sorry that you're going through that and our sense of loss can be personal too um yeah that that 
Yeah, something you've lost, someone else may not consider a loss or right. vice versa, um, especially with this pandemic. You know, you don't mind that you have to wear a mask and plan ahead and make appointments for things you used to not need an appointment or um, maybe that doesn't phase you and you have a friend that really hates it, is uncomfortable with it, is frustrated by it. Right. Um, so maybe maybe the world has become scary for them. Um, and a loss of control can certainly feel scary. Absolutely. Yeah, so I think I think what's hitting home for me and and we've mentioned it in, in various places before is just that permission. Mm-hmm. Permission for it to look different than it had in the past. Permission to be messy, to not be your best self, to take your time, to go backwards and forwards, and jump all around. Sideways. <laughs> Sideways. To stop. To need help. Permission for other people not to be at their best selves, but to give the benefit of the doubt if that's a valuable person that you care about and you know their true essence. And, and I think about, it often runs through my head, benefit of the doubt. Break that down. Benefit. I'm benefiting. Giving them an advantage. Giving them my hmm, space, my <laughs> lack of judgment giving them knowing who they are and giving them a, a free pass on this one. Right. Um, and, and just circling back around to judgment too. We are a judgy bunch human beings. That is natural. I mean, we judge, Oh, I like that color top better than that top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We judge everything. Really. We judge everything. Um, so it's hard to step out of that. We constantly relate to, well, would I do that? That's not a big deal to me. Like we're, we're comparing our own experience. We're judging, we're evaluating. But judging to make a choice, I think is kind of one camp. Judging to make yourself feel better. I would never do that judging to put someone else down, judging to make something seem less important or dismissive. Um, try to be aware of that. It, I suppose judging to make yourself feel better, more than I suppose, it does have a deeper purpose that it serves. It's a way of, of trying to make yourself feel better perhaps raise your esteem, perhaps raise your confidence in a decision. Keep you safe. Keep you safe. There is a purpose there. But just try and see if you can catch your judgments and see if it is useful or if there is a more useful way of doing that. Mm-hmm. Because when somebody's going through grief or loss, be that yourself, somebody you care about, judgment can be harsh. Um, and, and people can feel it. Something that could be a throwaway comment. 
I'd never do that, but that works for you. To me, I'm just thinking that judgment can feel like another loss. I just lost support. Yeah. 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 Yes. Thank you for <laughs> bringing that right. home. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's exactly it. And um, so just going, yeah, I just driving home that idea of permission and allowing. And we talked about acceptance as being a stage of grief, but not just acceptance of the situation, acceptance of yourself, changes within yourself, newness and uncertainty, accepting that that might be the arena you're in for a while until something becomes your new normal. And we, we also talk a lot about opportunity. Yeah. And we usually add to it that we're not trying to minimize um, things that are hard, things that are uncomfortable, things that take time. Yeah. But giving yourself the permission to see something that feels sad, difficult, challenging as an opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they usually come hand in hand, right? Death and life are all tangled up. Great. If we think of yin and yang. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Lots of shadow and light. Have, that's right. Have their counterpart, moon and sun, night and day. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really um, inspiring idea, perhaps maybe to end this conversation on. Mm-hmm. Let yourself ebb and flow. Yes. And, and if you're feeling particularly in one side of something, perhaps in the darkness, that there is a balance and a counterpart to that. And perhaps that's not the time to be in that, but it, it's possible and it's there. So thanks for listening in. And as always, if you have comments or questions about this topic, or if you have ideas that you would like us to discuss in a future podcast, let us know. And you can reach us at Leanna and Nikki at gmail.com. And so that's L-I-A-N-A-A-N-D-N-I-K-I at gmail.com.